Welcome, welcome. It's another edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. Marcus Paff and Reggie Rizzo coming at you. On today's episode, AI helps out a couple meet and get married. And the power of the tomato. Plus, on this day in history, the Queen of Scots' death sentence is carried out. We'll tell you about that coming up on Cool Stuff Ride Home. Dating is never easy. Unless, of course, you're using AI to help you out. That is what one man in Russia did, and it helped him find a wife. Hmm. Alexander Zayden's last relationship ended in 2021, and he decided to use Tinder to look for a new girlfriend. After doing what most people do, spending hours swiping, sending likes, messaging, and going on dates, he decided to speed up the process. He used ChatGPT as a dating assistant. He wrote a program to have AI talk with 5,239 women and ended up scheduling over 100 dates for him, (laughs) one of which led to his wife. Wow. He designed the program to sound like him, and it knew his interest. He also trained the program to like women who matched his preferences. Uh, He had a few things that the AI swipe left on for things like uh, pictures with alcohol, If they had a Zodiac sign in their profile, clearly he doesn't like that. Basically, anything he didn't find attractive in the biography of the user, it would automatically say no. Which actually, you know, I kind of think is refreshing in the fact that he wasn't looking at the pictures of the women then. He was going based on their personality in the bio, which is kind of refreshing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're curating a pool of a hundred different candidates for lack of a better term here (laughs) you're Uh, probably going to find one you're attracted to (laughs) i would i would assume so yeah now his program did have some bugs at first zane said one of his first messages that went out to someone said quote let's go for a long walk in the woods which naturally sounds a little creepy i mean i don't think you'd want to go on a walk with a stranger in the middle of the woods (laughs) but it's tinder so who knows He also had an issue where the program said he would be at the date with some chocolate and flowers, but he didn't realize that and showed up empty handed. Now, call me old fashioned, but shouldn't you read the messages the AI sent to the person before you went on the date so you know what you were talking about? (laughs) I I would sure think so. And then when you show up, are you sharing that information with them? Hey, by the way, you've never actually talked to me. You (laughs) talked to this program that I created and that determined that hey, we should try this. I I wonder when he disclosed that to the uh, women that he went out with. I don't know if he did for all of the women, but in December of 2022, he matched with Kareen and the program narrowed down his 5,000 options to just her. Hmm. She said uh, she spoke with the AI program for the first few months of the relationship. Eventually, yeah, the first few months. The first few months? And this was cool with her? Eventually, he used the AI less, and uh, him talking to her, he became more the primary speaking person, uh, which led, leads me to believe that he still used it at times, you know, even after a few months. He still relied on the AI to occasionally reach out to her. Like, I'm wondering if it's like, I had a bad day. I'm like, AI, take care of this one. Became the primary speaking person in a relationship yeah. in which you are involved. But apparently, a computer handles some of the duties. This yeah, is well, just wild. They did move in together in early 2023. Zayden still used the AI program to help him with much of the relationship, he said. Quote, at some point, the project wrote me a recommendation that maybe it's time to propose to Karina. End quote. At first, he thought the program was hallucinating. You know, we discussed this when uh, AI programs hallucinate, just making up facts. He, he said they did discuss this, but he never wanted to get married. Quote, Karina said she wanted to go to a wedding, but ChatGPT thought she'd prefer attending her own. 
I took the advice and she said yes, end quote. So at this point, he's letting AI run his life, right? I, I mean, this does not sound healthy to me, but what do I know? Karina learned that he was using the program to talk to her after a few months of dating. She said she wasn't angry, just shocked. She said the program did a great job of communicating and helped them learn about each other's interests. Quote, he spent a lot of time personalizing these prompts for me. It's okay when used in a rational way. I think the most important thing is our real life connection, which is great, end quote. Well, helping them learn about each other's interests. That's that's the part that I have some more questions about because you mentioned earlier, hey, he didn't show up with the chocolates and flowers that the AI promised. So was he now reading her responses to the AI at some point? Like, was this a two-way street? Was she learning about him via his AI, but he really wasn't learning about her because he wasn't reading the responses? Or was he actually now being a little more proactive in that regard? These are great questions that I didn't see him answer anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to guess one way, but I may be wrong. To Alexander on this. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Karina says that, quote, I think that you really need to understand your goals. Alexander wanted to find a girlfriend and he programmed chat GPT with a very personalized information. If chat GPT and your real life speech are saying different things there will be problems, end quote. Uh, however, if you are looking to use this program, don't expect him to be releasing it to the market anytime soon. He said he spent thousands of dollars running the program and it's very expensive to operate. Hmm. Although he does recommend it if you have the means. Demona Hoffman, a certified dating coach and has the podcast Dates Mates, plus a colleague in front of ours, I'd like to say, says, quote, I'm in favor of making the dating process more efficient and truncating the time between matching and meeting a person. She added, if you can program a tool to work as your dating assistant and get you to a real human connection faster, that feels more authentic than trying to suss out who someone is in a never-ending text thread, end quote. As for the dating apps, they don't completely prevent the AI programs from helping your dating life, but they also really don't want them on the apps and for you to use them. Yeah, I can see why, because I don't think a lot of human beings are going to be as okay with it as... Alexander's wife, Corrine. So, <laughs> I mean, she's pretty open minded. Got to give her that. <laughs> she is. And maybe that's a sign that the AI worked because she, you know, emerged from this pool of preferences that Alexander had put in. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it might just be something where, hey, this is really new. It's a little bit jarring and shocking because of that. And it's hard for me to wrap my mind around in the immediate. But I suppose I could see a path forward where something like this was helpful. It's just, the specific details of this one case study come back and you go, hmm, okay, that's that's interesting. But hey, love emerges, I guess. Well, and I guess I'm fine with AI reading someone's biography and deciding, hey, this matches or doesn't match with what you sure. want. But when it comes to the actual exchanges, I don't know. They're, at least read them, right? Yeah, I would <laughs> think so. To me, this, this uh, seems like... Uh, how, do, how do I phrase this? I mean, you've got to be someone who really knows what they want. And I don't think a lot of times, at least speaking personally, in my 20s, that was as evident or apparent to me as it was several years down the road. So I don't know that this would be for everyone just programming stuff in there. But if you feel like, hey, I'm at that stage in life and I, I know what I'm shooting for and you have the means apparently to utilize this type of technology that Alexander built, then have at it. 
I mean, to be fair, in your 20s, did you expect that you'd be able to just pull up your phone and swipe right or left and decide if you want to go on a date with someone? Uh, no, it really wasn't. Uh, wasn't that that so, app did not exist at that point. So no. So who knows where dating is evolving? Maybe it's all going to be AI and AI will just tell us, hey, you should marry this person. And we just go right into it. <laughs> sure. Wow. <laughs> closer and closer to the Matrix every day. <laughs> Behold the power of the tomato. According to research recently published in the peer-reviewed journal Microbiology Spectrum, tomato juice can kill Salmonella typhi and other bacteria that can harm people's digestive and urinary tract health. Salmonella typhi is a human-specific bacterium often transmitted in food. Not only does it cause all the symptoms of food poisoning, I'm guessing most of us can recall at least one instance in the last 10 years about an outbreak at some chain restaurant somewhere, but it's also responsible for the potentially deadly typhoid fever, which even after decades of research and medical advancements, is still a worldwide health concern, particularly in developing nations. So how was the study conducted? Well, the researchers first sought to determine if tomato juice could in fact kill Salmonella typhi in a lab setting. Once they determined it could, the team looked at the tomato's genome to find the antimicrobial peptides that were involved. And since I'm sure you're wondering what exactly is an antimicrobial peptide, here's your answer. They're very small proteins that impair the bacterial membrane, which actually keeps the microbes intact. The researchers chose four possible antimicrobial peptides and tested how well they worked against Salmonella typhi. Ultimately, they determined that two of the peptides were effective against the bacterium, known as TDAMP-1 and TDAMP-2, or tomato-derived antimicrobial peptide 1 and 2. Extremely creative, I know. <laughs> uh, from there, the research team conducted field test on Salmonella typhi variants in places where infection is common. They also conducted a computer study to learn more about how the antibacterial peptides kill the bacteria and other intestinal pathogens. As mentioned, the most significant discovery was that tomato juice is effective in eliminating Salmonella typhi, its hypervirulent variants, and other bacteria that can harm people's digestive and urinary tract health. Also of note, the efficacy of TDAMP-2 was shown to be more effective than TDAMP-1, but the efficacy of both 1 and 2 were demonstrated against drug-resistant Salmonella typhi, as well as hypercapsular Salmonella variants that possess hypervirulent characteristics. I know, a lot of big words here, but uh, if you're wondering what the hypervirulent term means, here's the definition, quote, causing diseases that are very dangerous and affect people extremely quickly, end quote. Per principal study investigator Jungmin Song, quote, our research shows that tomato and tomato juice can get rid of enteric bacteria like salmonella, end quote. The researchers noted they hope the study encourages the general public, particularly kids and teens, to eat and drink more tomatoes as well as other fruits and vegetables because they provide natural antibacterial benefits to consumers. I will say I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about this, Reggie. I hope they follow up on this research and go a little bit deeper, but I was compelled to go out and consider buying some tomato juice after learning of this. I don't know if I uh, invented the potential for myself getting sick by salmonella poisoning or not, but hey, you know what? You can't be too careful here. Be honest, this was all an excuse for you just to have Bloody Marys all day. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It wasn't because I am not a Bloody Mary fan. Okay, ne neither am I. Like, I like tomatoes, so I'm glad they said drink or eat tomatoes because I'm good eating the tomatoes. Yeah. Tomato juice, not a fan of. I, I can't yeah. drink it. It just doesn't do it for me. 
I get it. I get it. I like I like tomatoes in a lot of settings, but there are several that I don't. So, for example, I do not like ketchup. I think it's because the vinegar, but I'm not okay. a fan. Uh, however, you give me some quality spaghetti sauce, all about it. Throw a little tomato on my burger. Yep, doing that too. Uh, there's just I don't, I don't know for whatever reason in different settings I don't dig it as much. Also, love tomato soup. I'd like to know if that could potentially qualify here because I, I would think a soup or a bisque could probably qualify here because that's not too dissimilar from tomato juice. I like how you had to <laughs> differentiate. Yeah, or a quality bisque. <laughs> I like bisque better than soup. <laughs> I like the cream. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I do wonder, does ketchup actually help or is there too much sugar and other stuff in it that it takes away the beneficial qualities? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I was left wondering some of that myself. Are, are more processed tomato-based foods going to qualify here? I'm going to guess they're not as efficacious as just having an actual tomato or tomato juice, but Follow up on that. See if we can get a little bit more uh, information and I'll circle back on a future episode. If that's the case uh, and I go to a restaurant and I question my hamburger, I'm going to cover it in ketchup just to make sure I don't get uh, salmonella or something. I mean, you could just put a tomato slice on there. <sighs> I suppose. <laughs> Taking a look at this day in history in 1587, Mary, Queen of Scots, was beheaded. So just to give you a heads up, Marcus. Kind of a downer here for this day in history. I not, thought not this was cool stuff. <laughs> well, it... I don't know if you want to say it gets cool at the end. It gets interesting. <laughs> Back you into a corner on that one. <laughs> so Mary Stewart was Queen of Scots from 1547 until she was deposed in 1567. She spent the next 20 years of her life in exile or imprisoned. After she was deposed, she sought assistance from her first cousin, once removed, Elizabeth I, who reigned over England. This complicated matters, however, as Elizabeth thought Mary was a threat and had her imprisoned while she was being investigated whether or not she was responsible for the death of her first husband, which is what led to her overthrow. She spent 18 and a half years in prison in England and several plots to replace Elizabeth with Mary or have her marry other European royalty never end up coming to fruition. On August 11th, 1586, Mary was arrested after being implicated in the Babington Plot, another scheme to overthrow the Protestant Elizabeth and replace her with the Catholic Mary. She was found guilty on October 25th and sentenced to death. Elizabeth hesitated to sign that death warrant, feeling the precedent it set. I mean, if you are royalty and you sentence another royal person to die, I mean, that could end badly for you if you set that precedent. Uh, so she asked her custodian to find a way to shorten the life of Mary, but he refused. Elizabeth eventually signed the warrant, and the execution was set for February 8th. The execution, however, did not go well. I'm sure some of you are familiar with this, but Mary was not killed in a single blow. The first missed and hit her on the back of the head. The second did not completely sever her head. Only after the third strike did the executioner raise her head to the crowd. Mary was wearing a wig, however. Her head fell from his hands, revealing that she had very short gray hair. So... Not a very dignified death for Mary, Queen of Scots. Man, that is sad on so many levels. Uh, it's it's interesting, but yes, very sad on so many levels. I mean, the familial ties, you go to your family for some advice and they turn their back on you. Have you beheaded? I mean, wow. Uh, I don't know what else to say. That's crazy. Well, and that executioner, I hope he didn't get to keep his job for too long. Clearly, how do you miss? I mean, that's your one job. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, no comment. I don't know. I don't know. Frightening. Uh, that is, that is, uh, hey, I'll just say this. I'm happy I didn't live in the 1500s. Yep. Now we can just, you know, pull up our phone, date, use AI to talk to people. We don't have to worry about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Drink, drink some tomato juice. We don't want to get sick. We're good. Go the way of Alexander. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Cool Stuff Ride Home. If you have any comments, you can reach us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. I'm Reggie Rizzo, joined as always by Marcus Path. We'll talk to you tomorrow on another Cool Stuff Ride Home.